IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they serve projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. Uh, they promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website, iatsi212.com, or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I'm Scott Westby. This is a show where we do. You are always better at this. Yeah. Intro. What's the What's the thing you always? You know, say? The, the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is. Oh, now I'm I've lost my room. Something, we are Pulse Productions, and every week we bring you news, <laughs> tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media landscape. Screen industries. Screen industries yeah, yeah. Uh, of Alberta. So, uh, thanks for joining us this week. This is episode 19 of our second season. Season two, yeah. We're just blasting through these things. Mm-hmm. If you're still listening, thank you so much. <laughs> um, we got a really cool uh, guest this week that we're really excited to share, uh, and we'll get to it right away. So first things first, Cuff 2018 is happening. The Calgary Underground Film Festival has announced uh, their 2018 lineup. Right. Um, 15 years. Yeah, and this wow. year, 43% of the festival's feature films were directed by women, which Damn. is the most that Cuff has ever had. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Not enough, but it's still amazing. This, and what's what's cool, too, is that Brenda uh, Lieberman says that although diversity is something they always strive for, it wasn't a conscious decision, hmm. but more of a natural attraction to the films. So that's cool. That's great. Uh, that it's kind of starting to make its way through organically, which is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, so Cuff runs uh, April 16th to the 22nd. Uh, at the Globe Cinema and tickets are now on sale at calgaryundergroundfilm.com and you can check out the lineup there. Uh, so uh, there is a, a group of filmmakers at uh, the Hong Kong Film Market right now. Uh, it's called Hong Kong Film Mart. Uh, and Kelly Wolf- Wolfert and Braden Rook of Love and Creative are attending their first Asian market after an earlier trip on the Ampia trade mission to China earlier. Right. So I don't know. Have you seen any of this? Uh, Mike Peterson's yeah, there as yeah. well. Yeah, Camille Baudouin and uh, yeah. Eric Rabalkin too from, uh, from Mosaic Entertainment. They're there as well. Yeah. Um, and as is 775 Media Corps, which is uh, headed by producers Julian Black Antelope and Mike Peterson, who right. we brought up. Uh, Executive B- VP Sarah Moore uh, felt the trip was well worth it, which I would totally agree. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just another way that we're breaking into uh, the Chinese market. So very yeah. exciting. Cool. Uh, and there's a, a company called Catapult Pictures. Uh, they're an Ampia member and they have uh, produced a digital pilot for CBC Kids. Um, so it's an Edmonton production starring young actress Marika Gladstone, uh, and it's aimed at preschool audience. So you can check out the pilot uh, on YouTube, um, and that, that link will be in the show notes, of course. So just uh, it's five minutes long, and it's the moon teaching an inquisitive girl how to make a kite with the help of her animal friends. Nice. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out because, uh, you know, the more views that these YouTube videos have, you know, the more likely CBC is to pick it up. So Right on. Congrats. Okay, here's the guest. That was easy. That yeah. was quick. Uh, yeah, Sebastian. Um, yeah, we can let him speak for himself, really. It was a great chat, and uh, here he is. Yeah. We're rolling here. Look at all your devices. I know. I'm just 
You've got, got like th three <laughs> three different devices. Four. Oh, four, four and and always, always. <laughs> I'm What's the Pokemon watch? It's it's to track the Pokemon that I walk. I'm walking. Walking Pokemon, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into that, but but <laughs> I just wanted just for the audience to paint a word picture the number of devices we have here. Of course, we've got in case in case they're only listening and not watching on the GoPro over here, and then you've got a smartwatch of some sort. Smartwatch. And you, an what is that? What is that watch? Pebble. It's, it's the Pebble. Oh, nice. oh it's the yeah. one that's now dead. But it was the big it was like the Kickstarter watch, yeah. smartwatch. It was the alternate to the Apple Watch when you right. couldn't afford it. Right. Right. But it was even first, wasn't it? Pebble was. I believe so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then and then you've got uh, your Samsung tablet here. Yeah. The iPhone or the Samsung phone, Android something no, something. I, I have I have an iPhone, so what I have iPhone? like Android and iPhone just oh, in case okay. because okay. there's some apps that only work on iPhone. Oh, right. Some right. only work on interesting, Android. Interesting. Interesting. So you got to keep fluid. Right. True enough. And yeah. then the Poke Watch. And and that, that's just for me. <laughs> is that for Pokemon Go? It is. Oh, it really is. Oh no, it is. no. It's, yeah. You haven't seen this? No, no. Yeah, I, don't yeah, really, yeah. I mean, I know about Pokemon Go. Yeah. I played it for two days, but then that was it. I am I am still a current community member. And what is the watch about? So. You basically you put in a, a Pokemon into your walking buddy, okay, and then it measures your steps. Oh, so you're you exercising walk, your Pokemon. Yeah, does well, it? And they level up because of the. Yeah, exactly. You oh, get more oh, candy, that's cool. which then you can use to level up. Huh? Oh, you yeah. get more candy. Yes. It, yeah, oh. that's how it works. I love I love a good like competitive incentive to be physically active. I think that's. Oh, it is like the greatest thing about Pokemon Go is that the 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 benefits that people didn't mm -hmm. well that dogs benefited from this. Right. More than anything. <laughs> right. yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. We're going for another walk. Let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a Charizard two blocks away. And not yeah. to mention that people genuinely met each other. I mean, the, the naysayers were like, "Oh, they're 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 gonna get killed going into crossing strange, the street." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, there are some interesting stories. Like I know somebody found a dead body trying to jump yes. a fence and um, but trespassing. Yeah, for sure. But but also yeah. yeah, and they're in the, in yeah. there's like uh, there's a, a church that kept getting visited because because of it was a certain location and yeah. But there's um, a mall. That like created a that had like a pokeball in the floor, right? Because their <laughs> I didn't the center that. of the mall was like a pokestop, and so they like right. embraced it and just leaned that's, into it. And, that, that's so yeah. smart, yeah. Um, so welcome to the Pokemon podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you? Tell us. Let's. You're right. Let's st let's start from from the top. Well, my name is Sebastian Salazar, and I'm a local filmmaker slash social media content producer here in Calgary. Cool. Has that been your name your whole life, Sebastian A. Salazar? Yes. Yeah, that's a. Fucking awesome! It's name. a cool name. There's oh, no doubt it's about a name that. You don't forget. <laughs> it, it's a name about this long. I've had to grow into it. Yeah. Right, right, right. It. it is mine. It's amazing. Do you have a like a like a short like sea bass or like? Do you have it's a, definitely sea bass. Do you get called sea bass? I've never had a nickname until I started going to karaoke, and it's like that's too long, and I can't spell it. What's your name? Sea bass. Okay, that works. Cool. <laughs> and coincidentally, it works really well on the radio. So oh, if you're on set and you're like Sebastian, will come, you know, go yeah. to two. Right. No, no. But if you go sea bass, it's, it's very just sharper. Quick. Yeah. It gets right in there. And so it happened to me working in the airline industry. Oh. Also radios, walkies, yep. the whole yep. right. language that we had to use on set. Right. It transferred right over. So people are like, well, what's your nickname? That name's too long. Seabass. Right. Hmm. And cool. what about the airline industry? What's that all about? Uh, I grew up in the airline industry. My my dad has always worked at the airport. He was oh, okay. Cool. So wow. coincidentally, once I needed to get off the couch and find the job, my dad's like, go work at WestJet. Right. So he literally like go, he pushed me off the yeah, couch go work at WestJet. and I got a job at WestJet and Sweet. I was there for years. Wow. What were you doing with him? I, um, I was doing like warehousing work for the longest time. Okay. And then I was working on the ramp, uh, restocking air, uh, like pop and chips and whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, I got you, which got is you. why my, 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 all my branding is hanger cat. Oh, cause you worked in a hanger. Because the hanger cat, first of all, I like cats. That's no surprise to anybody who's following me on any social media stuff. Sure. But the hanger cats particularly 
uh, assigned to get rid of the mice problem. Oh, oh. an actual hanger oh, cap. Okay. Actual hanger cap. Does exist. Before, oh. if you were to Google hanger cap before I came out, yeah. it was nothing but pictures of cats on top of airplanes. Hmm. But when I was working in Hamilton for WestJet, I was in charge of building maintenance, which was getting rid of the mice. Okay, cool. So on you weekends, were the yeah. So on the weekends when everybody else was gone and there's a mouse running through the warehouse, I have to go and chase after it. <laughs> so hanger cat. I always assumed it was something to do with that hang in there motivational poster with the cat that was hanging on, and I was like, oh, it's a play on that. But I had no idea. That's I, I never really thought about it. It's just kind <laughs> yeah. of an alias. It, it is. Yeah, and it's become cool. very much. My my identity online mm-hmm, yeah. for everything, including Pokemon Go, actually. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as long as we're still on the subject of your name, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a place in L.A. called Salazar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, what is it? It's a taco, it's a taco place. place. Nice. And it's a really nice, like, it, it's like a high higher end, but, like, they give you, like, camping plates and cups and stuff. Yeah, they, like, converted um, an old gas station. Into yeah, this. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was amazing. You can actually find my Google review on it. Just, just glowing review. It's amazing. So like the meat tacos, I think were probably better. Like I liked it. I (laughs) liked it, but Matt was like, I changed my life. He ordered seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I never do that. So LA proper, like inside. Uh, yeah, I guess it was, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. LA is an amalgamation. Wasn't it actually in Burbank? I feel like it was just in Burbank. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the south end of Burbank. Because we went through the hills to get there. Remember? Yeah. We went through neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fun. find it. I, I I love finding stuff that's related to me or it has my yeah yeah yeah. Name yeah. Do, and you, in do you it. like tacos? I love tacos. You I'm like Hispanic, tacos. dude. I mean, yeah. we, <laughs> we, I, 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 I I love any kind of meat inside some sort of a flat uh, dough like structure. For sure. Yeah. Then this is perfect for you. I got. I, I got. Yeah. I'm, Hot yes. dogs. <laughs> it's in my Twitter bio. Oh, is Hot it? Hot dogs, pizza. Yes. Nice. I was right. going to suggest pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. No name it. And I think that every culture has some sort of a flat bread. Like where I, I'm from, Chile originally, right, 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 and we have a flat, you know, native style bread, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen people from China that have the same something similar, right? Bannock bread here, yeah. It's like, it's a, uh, it, it's every culture has something like that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I was like, let's let's dive into that, but let's not. <laughs> let's talk about film. So, so when did you go from WestJet to jumping into the film world? What's the, what's that journey? So, um. I, I studied film in Toronto back in 2001, 2002. Okay. I went to the Toronto Film School. I actually I actually applied at SAIT okay. right after high school, like oh. after a couple of years off. It was supposed to be one year, it turned to about five. Right. Uh, and again, get off the couch, go, yeah. go to go, you know, find, find work. Hey, sure. you're going to go to school? So I, I applied at, film, at the, the SAIT program. Yeah. I applied once. Yeah. I did not get in. Okay. Um, and I got angry and I left town. Oh, okay. Because I'm... Stubborn that way. Right. Fair enough. (laughs) Oh, you don't want me? I don't want you then. I'll just go to Toronto where there's more opportunities. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's an uncommon reaction at all. No. And and of of course, uh, having worked in the Calgary film industry with people who have gone to SATE, you have to apply more than once. Yes, you have absolutely. To know the right things. I was going to say, pretty pretty common experience to, to not get in the first time or the second time exactly. sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I was like, no, not good enough. I'm out of here. Right. Screw you guys. So I left. <laughs> You know, and and I, I found the Toronto Film School, which at that point was a technical college. Okay, it was a, it was like a, a film program they've added to the to the art and design. Oh, okay, interesting. There. Which is the same with SAID. It's also technical college, but yeah, yeah. So was Let's, it a yeah, pretty hands on program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like we had one semester of theory, mm-hmm. and then second semester camera in my hands for the first time. Cool. You know, cool. The entire time, let we had a small class. It was night school. Half the kids were asleep. So anybody who was like into it. Yeah, got to work. All the right. teachers like, "Ooh, you're awake. You want to do stuff? Let's do a double exposure on real film. Totally, you know? totally. Let's edit." So, um, I had a chance to do a lot of my own projects 
and to do to experiment with a lot of different technologies and and just it was it was really really hands-on and i really benefited from that cool was that a two-year program it was a it was a three-year program compressed into a year and a half you said it was Toronto Film School. It's called the Toronto Film School, and, but it was it was like an it, it evening, was, yeah, thing. It was part of the International Academy of Design and Technology. Okay, it used to be like mostly fashion design. Oh, okay, which was really cool because when you'd be working all night and you'd be editing and you get all dirty and smelly and you're <laughs> like sleeping next to the computer. Yeah, yeah. you'd wake up at seven in the morning and all the all the pretty good looking fashion design students would come over and they'd look at you through the window like an animal. Like, there they yeah. are, the film students. <laughs> I feel like that's every film student's journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, like, certainly caged, the editors. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuck in a room, smelling it up. Yeah. <laughs> Spending the night in the edit suite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so how did I don't want to jump the gun, but how did you come back to Calgary, or did you spend some time in Toronto after school? I, I bounced around a lot. Actually, I came back to Calgary because I was I got I got ill. I, okay. I, I, I wanted to be closer to home. Right. My sure. parents were like you should come home. Okay. So I came home. And I started. You said uh, you got ill. Yeah. You mean homesick? Huh? homesick and like physically and, and like health oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. my, my diet wasn't good there. Oh, I was okay, living okay. on my own for the first time right, right. I ate a lot of mac and cheese I gained a lot of weight yeah, yeah. my eating habits were not healthy sure pizza hot dogs, pizza, hot dogs. Yes, mac and cheese and, <laughs> and it's and it's even better in Toronto yeah <laughs> Did so, Chipotle? Oh no, Chipotle wasn't. No, there was no yeah, Chipotle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, and takeout food wasn't something that I could really afford. Mm. Right. If so, Chipotle was here, I'd eat that always. Oh yeah, I've, I've heard good and bad things. Well, about I mean, this. food poisoning. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Get food poisoning when it's done well. When it's not in like a scary part of town, it's delicious. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it'll ever come here because Mucho Burrito has kind of it's cornered good. that like market, Mucho. which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. So, <laughs> this so, is a food-related yeah. podcast. It, it yeah. has. I know. We went from Pokemon to food. So, but so let's. I'll, I'll tell you how, how the, the film thing happened. So I graduated from school and I wanted to come back here to Calgary. But I, at the time, I didn't find, I didn't know where the opportunities were. Right. There wasn't a place that I could go to find those opportunities. Right. So um, I went back to the, to the airport because the airport was always. A you got to work. Yeah, you got to you gotta pay the bills. Yeah. I can stay up all night and I can sit on my butt and drink coffee and wait for airplanes to show up. Sure. Um, I feel like this is a, this is a, yeah you're telling like the common film a, yeah. journey in Calgary because it's yeah, yeah it's this these themes are coming up all the it, time yeah and I really I wanna I wanna speak to the to, to the to kids who are coming up and they think that there is nothing out there like there it gets a lot better guys like I have a I know where to go now I yeah. know where to send people now yeah. so when I talk to kids like at schools and whatnot I know where to send them now right but when I was around when I started it was hard for me to find that community it's a good point it's not it's not that long ago that we that we weren't that cohesive uh, an or, like a, a community in Calgary and in, in Alberta and I, I think we've still got a long way to go but but yeah I think you're right it's a different story I think yeah not that long ago it was like what the hell do I do like how do I even start mm-hmm. um, so I think yeah you and and Scott and myself have we're, we're we're about kind of giving an opportunity or giving like trying to give some uh, understanding of what the community and the industry is to people who are, who are new or who are trying to break in because yeah, I, I agree. Like, like even for me, it was, it was, it was pretty like, where the hell do you start? I mean, that's why SAIT was good uh, because it, it certainly, you know, got us connected to some people who were in the industry, like speakers came in and, um, you know, we, we did field trips to, uh, to Edmonton, to studio post and we went to whites and started to get an idea of what, okay, so this is what the industry is, um, almost geographically in, yeah. in many ways. Right. So, um, yeah, the, without that, it, it, yeah, it, I would be, it would be a pretty lost feeling to try to navigate it all. I, I think you'd still feel it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
And you know, that's something that happened to me because I made all my contacts at the Toronto Film School. Yeah, you right. started all with yeah. the late, yeah, Toronto yeah. filmmakers and to people right. who started getting right into the industry because it's all over there. Or at least yeah, there's it so was much work the time. there. Yeah. Right. That it's a lot, probably a lot easier to jump into it. So instead I said, no, no, I'm just going to leave again. Perfect. Great. You know, smart choice. So I get over here. All my contacts are gone. You guys right. had the, the, the benefit that to have a, a, a group of people that came up at the same time and right. they're spread out. So right. your yeah. LinkedIn became like a great way to sure. network with sure. people. Mine, mine did not. Right. Right. So bounced around a bit more, continued working at the airport. And then my friends in Toronto, uh, got, um, got a green light to do a zombie film, mm. an indie zombie film. What was it called? It was called Queen of the Zombie Punks. Okay. And you'll never see it. Right. Well, that's <laughs> because that's it fine. never got finished. Okay. Well, <laughs> not a feature? feature film? It was a feature. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. And it never got and it never got finished and it hmm. got tied up in some legal stuff. So okay. you'll never see it. Hmm. Tom, I'm, I'm credited on it. Um, but that's about it. So what did you so you flew back to Toronto? Yeah. And I, I slept on my buddy's couch and I we worked on this awesome zombie movie for like what, two, three weeks? And it was it was a lot of fun. The funny thing about about zombie movies is now now I've worked on like three or four of them, and I right. hate them. Right. <laughs> I love working on them, but I hate them. Right. I hate watching them. I hate watching them. Yeah. yeah they're just, I'm just like, uh, but they're so much fun to make because there's blood. They are fun to make. Yeah. Lots know, of cool makeup, violence, and, yeah. and stunts, and as long as you know everybody is working safe, they're a lot of fun to do. Right. Right. Cool. So yeah, zombie movie. That's how I got my start in the film industry. Okay. Okay. And then with that credit under my as a as an assistant director. Oh, cool. Yeah. First AD. Yeah. No. 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 I think it was second, second AD. Third at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was very loose. It's like there's one guy who was in charge right. of running yeah, yeah, the yeah. set, and I was kind of like his peripheral. The other one. Yeah. Yeah. Go doing find the rest. My doing the actual work. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, let's let's get the paperwork ready. Let's uh, yeah. let's harangue all the extras. That was that was kind of like where where I started and a place I've always felt comfortable in. Right. I like AD work. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you did AD work. Yeah. All my, all my credits are that, that once I started doing more, more like bigger shows, I started like, I want AD. I want, oh, okay. I want to run sets. That's right. I'm it's a fun role. Yeah, it is. So with that, I tried to stay in Toronto. Still on my buddy's couch. Right. Didn't want to, I was like, this is getting, I feel bad for him. Right. I've been sleeping on his couch you're for a couple on of weeks already. Right, 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 yeah. I don't want to stick around. I what about your WestJet job? Did you did you say? Well, I actually had quit WestJet twice, man. Okay, okay. So you quit again. Yeah. Okay. So there's no way they're going to take me back. Right, right, right. Every time one of these like cool social media video jobs, hey, go travel to Mexico and Cuba and do videos. Yeah. I always send my resume. They never call me. Back. <laughs> there's a file probably at WestJet that says, do not hire this man. <laughs> right. He's, he's, he's reneged us twice. Right, right. So, um, so no, I quit WestJet and I found work in downtown Toronto at another airline. Oh, okay. I was there for a couple of weeks and then I was like, no, I'm going to stay here. And I flew home to get my stuff. Okay. Um, and when I was at home, I started Googling Calgary film. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this in Toronto? Like, where are my contacts? Where am I going to get started? Can I do this like from someone's couch? Right. And when I came back to Calgary, I Googled, well, could I do this from Calgary? So I started Googling Calgary film and mm-hmm. found the DGC, the Directors Guild of Canada. There you I go. Found IATSE. Right. Found ACTRA. I found the organizations. Uh, and of course, the CSIF as well. CSIF, I was going to say, yeah. CSIF was, was just a great uh, uh, starting point. Right. Where if you're indie and they're low budget and you're grilling it, like, that's where you start. That's totally. where your network of people are. Mm-hmm. And then the bigger organizations for the bigger shows, the guilds, the unions. And I'm like, well, I'm an ID. Which way do I go? And I went DGC. Okay. And... Um, I what do you mean you went DGC? Take us through that. 
I um I signed up, became a permittee, and I started doing locations work. Okay. So locations PA. So you just went to the office. I went to the office. I what courses do I need to take? Put me on the list, and I finally I got a call. I started my one of my first gigs was picking up garbage on the set of Passchendaele. Passchendaele, nice. Yeah, right, yeah, cool. I mean, after everybody was gone, after all the lights and all the actors are gone, <laughs> and there's you know fluff left over from all the explosions, I was in charge of picking all that. Oof. <laughs> all right. I'm like, this is called paying your dues. Yeah, no doubt. And no I was doubt. happy to do it. Absolutely. Took, like it was my first job. I'm picking up trash. I'm taking pictures of everything because nobody's there. They left like they dropped me off in a truck and they went away. <laughs> we'll come back in a couple hours. See if the coyotes haven't eaten. Right. <laughs> so I'm taking pictures on the old churches with all the yeah. bullet holes in them. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. cool. Sweet. I was like, okay, no, this that is was good. A, that was a big production in Alberta. One of the biggest at the time. Yeah, yeah it was. It, 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 it's still one of the biggest ones. Yeah. You know? And and it, it showcased so much of our of uh, of our talent and our, our crews and cinematography. Like, it, it was really good. Like, mm-hmm. we, we need more of that. Totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my that was my first one, and then the location stuff kind of kept coming. And I was every single movie of the week. That came through town, you know, with uh, with like people from like nine hundred two one zero or Heather Locklear, and all those people came through town to make movies of the week, and I wound up doing locations, right? Hiding behind the door, giving cues, right? You know, setting up the lunchroom, you know, blocking off sidewalks from yeah. them, from uh, from passerby, right, you know? right. Hey, hey, see, best <laughs> bogey. Right. I got him, you know, sir. We're making a movie, right? Oh, right. What kind of movie you making? Can I be in it? <laughs> I'm sure it's the same, yeah, every time. So then I go, I was like, hey, what are you guys making? A diaper commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to be in those. Right, right, right. That's funny. That's a perfect and, answer. I believe that release in some of, some of the Americans just say mayonnaise commercial. Oh. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. People don't like mayonnaise that much. <laughs> they like mayonnaise in Canada, though. They do, so that's why like I go with the diaper. diaper. Right, adult right, diaper right. Commercial. Adult, adult diaper. diaper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to be an extra oh. for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's really smart. So. Location, location, locations work, locations PA, and then I got a chance to do office coordinator on a on a on a feature, another movie of the week. Um, it was temporary, it was until somebody else came back. Right. And then I moved on to set as an assist as a trainee assistant director. Now Dad, we're talking. All right. You're in. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. Like I got a I got a chance to work with with a guy who was known as a hard ass. Like it just made people cry. <laughs> what was the production? Wanna, I don't want to do. I don't want to say names. What was the production? Oh, you're not. Well, yeah. Is that no, why? No, okay. No, okay. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like, I've always had a chance to work with people who were tough, mm-hmm. and you either and they can see through your BS. Mm-hmm. So if, if if you're not there to step it up, they will chew you right and spit you out. So I, uh, he would harass me on the radio all the time. <laughs> Sebastian, where are you? I'm busy. I was in the bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> 10 100. <laughs> sometimes 10 200. Sometimes the 10 200 and yeah. do you really want to get into details? So I was like yeah. I'm 5 minutes away. And he knew where it was. He probably hear the echo inside the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the porta yeah, potty. Yeah, He's yeah. like Sebastian, where are you? Oh no. I need you here right now. It's like uh I'm 2 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. stuff back on. And of course working, you know, outside in yep. Canada in the winter, you're wearing all sorts of gear. I was wearing She's my 30 seconds just to yeah. Yeah, I just put pants back on yeah. and my big heavy WestJet jacket. A lot mm-hmm. of the stuff I worked at WestJet just transferred right over. Right, my earplugs, my heavy jacket. Mm. I was ready to work in minus 40. And I right. did a couple of times. Right. So yeah, no, he razzed me a lot and he he pushed me. But every now and then he'd give me a little couple things. All right, you take those two extras, you direct them, you set them and cool. And why yeah. not? And then I'd stand next to him next to the monitor. And it's like, okay, cue your extras. 
get your hand up, cue them. They start walking. It's like, Sebastian, you're killing me. These guys, they're, 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 just, they're dead. They're not doing anything on screen. <laughs> Look at this oh. big giant spot. And now there's this big giant gap behind my actors oh, shit. killing my scene. <laughs> Cut, reset. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's try something different. <laughs> you know, so uh, I had a, a wonderful experience. I know there's, there's he, he he's made some people cry in the end. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately they're they're around and 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 yeah, you you have to yeah, you have to have a strategy to manage it otherwise it'll it'll get to you. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, yeah. so then that experience um I was able to take that ex- experience into the indie world mm-hmm. where the money was less but mm-hmm. there was an opportunity for bigger uh for a bigger um charge. So instead of being what? Instead of being the, 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 the trainee AD, I was a second or a first. Oh, AD, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen what a good first AD is like. Right. Let's apply it in the indie film right. element. And that's where I learned. And that's where I kind of, I've seen what they do. I did all their paperwork. I did all their commands. I knew how to manage a set. Let's put it to, 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 to practice. Right. So I started working a lot of indies. And I like the pace of the indies. Couple of days work. Started doing some more commercial stuff. And then... um. Right around like, and I had a, I got a good bunch of credits, you know, and I wanted, I wanted to go to the, stay in the DGC uh, because ultimately, you know, I wanted to be a DGC director. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that in, in my background has always been, you know, from the Kevin Smith, Robert Rodriguez school where like, call yourself a filmmaker already. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. So I'm a director. Right. I just wanted to have DGC next to my name. Sure. Um, but um I didn't see a clear path in which, like, if you go straight up DGC, uh, you wind up being like a production, like a producer, like a production coordinator, mm-hmm. a production mm-hmm. manager, a PM. Yeah. Yep. You know, or even they, an accountant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's where all, is, yeah. like, where do you make, there is no jump. It's like, okay, so yeah. I started with some experience doing AD work. Yeah. And then I'm going to disappear and make my own film. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back like 10 years later with all my credits as a director and I'll be a DGC director. Right. For me personally, I didn't see where that path led to me. The, yeah, I don't know that there is one. Maybe someone would disagree, but I, I don't think there is a path to becoming a director in the DGC alone. Mm-hmm. You have to get your own project off the ground somehow, some some way outside of that. And so that sometimes that means becoming a producer. This is this is our whole philosophy mm-hmm. that we figured out a long time ago. That you know nobody's going to do it for you. You're not, and, and I don't know of a path other than, I mean, Dean Bennett is an, is perhaps one example, mm-hmm. but he was a DOP first, mm-hmm. so not even yeah. not even necessarily through that. that separate department, separate, separate guild, union, yeah, separate union, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's totally true. And like that that path isn't laid out for you. And if somebody out there has figured out that path through DGC, please let me know because I want to tell all the kids do this, do this, do this, and you'll become a director. Sure, but not in Alberta either, right? right. Like, no, it's, there may be those paths in Vancouver and Toronto, Montreal, but but not not really here. Yeah. yeah, and even even in Canada, even when I was back in film school, and the first thing that they told me was, you're not going to become just a director in Canada. You have to be a producer. You have to be a writer. You have to be a self promoter. Right. Everything. Right. I, I would I would point to Ken Filowich as a as another anomaly example who, who was editing Heartland right, yeah. for nine years or something and then and then was given an opportunity to direct. So that's yeah. a DGC sort of like path ish, but yeah, that's but, true. You know, yeah. that's a long time of, of doing something completely different before taking that seat. <laughs> um, and I don't think something that you could replicate either. Not really, yeah. But well, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I think the path is there. But I, I always think you know I worked on Heartland for five years or so. And not not many people advanced in any way, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, why? Because how could you? Yeah. Like someone else yeah. is directing. That's you it's know, the same people back there. the same year. Yeah, and, and not just directing, but I mean, like, um, 
there's one example of uh, Neshe who became an assistant editor mm-hmm. uh, from the, I think she was a training production uh, in the office. coordinator yeah, in the office. And then somebody left, somebody left the province. Like they went to a different, <laughs> that was the only reason that that job opened up. And she of course knew Ken and, uh, and so it, who, you know, of course, but uh, it's not, re- yeah, there's just, there's so little production happening here. There's not really, a, a ladder to climb, unfortunately, unless you're doing no it over turnover, 20 years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no turnover. We don't have enough productions yeah. and we don't have that essential. We don't have a very robust middle indie that right. mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. like Toronto, Vancouver or any other place that, that has yeah. a, um, a, a, a robust, you know, film production. Right. Yeah. A place where you can get, where you can get a credit as yeah. whatever that next level up is. Where you can get out and do stuff. And, right. and I mean, like the, the one thing I, I really loved about DGC was the, that they were able to to put me in a situation. So if you're observant and you're, you know, you're, you, you can do the job you're, you're, you're assigned to do, you know, without thinking, you can be thinking about other things, you know? So if you can lay out all the garbage cans and make sure nobody, everybody's putting the recycling in the right place, then you can stand by the camera. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead of being, you know, taking lockup, you know, four blocks away out in the middle of a desolated highway where nobody's going to go by, but just in case the car's in the shot, mm-hmm. if you get the chance to be in front of, beside the camera and lock up behind that door and watch the movement and watch all that, it's like you're, you're, you're it's, it's film school happening in front of you. And Absolutely. You're paid to do it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know? Every time I had a chance to, 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 to seal off a door, it's like, maybe I want to be inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm small. I can just kind of tuck in behind one of the lights and, yeah. and not make any eye contact with the, with, with the, with the actors. Yeah. And I can see the motions happening. I yeah. can hear the language you get. You totally, yourself totally. Yeah. And I, I was just teaching this blocking workshop at the CSIF and, and, uh, and it kind of dawned on me that there, that there isn't anywhere except for getting on set. Mm-hmm. And now the Ron Howard masterclass on masterclass.com mm-hmm. that you can watch a director work. Yeah, like yeah, you can see it behind the scenes, you know, five minutes with interviews mixed in, and they're not really talking about blocking. They're not really talking about the language. They're talking about the film, and it's ultimately a promotional tool. Um, this episode, like, I, I dug into your yeah. Ron Howard class, and I and I and I looked, at, and you can His watch Ron episode, Howard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's there's like forty minutes of it, wow. and it's just him working with actors and moving just, cameras around. Yeah, blocking out a scene yeah. and. and- Talking so, about performance and staging cameras and yeah, it's so it's great that that exists and I'm glad it does. But but other than that, there's nowhere else to go other than being on set and watching a director work. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I, I have to bring up Upstart. Mm-hmm. It's a great example. Yes, totally. It was um, again. If you're a baseball player, you can go to the batting cages and practice on your swing. Yep. Yeah. If you're a if you're a director, where do you go practice your blocking? Aside <laughs> yeah. from your stuffed animals at home, totally, or your, you know your your Lego, totally. So, Legos but if you want like human actors that you have to like deal with well, personalities I, yeah. and stuff, yeah. And there's so much there that that a Lego person is not going to do. Like the Lego person doesn't have instincts, right? And a yeah. Lego person doesn't is not a real person. Yeah, like, <laughs> can, can you, like, how can I continue to? Can, go you, down can the, you do it differently next time? Right? Can you do it well, faster, yeah. smarter, louder? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. So with a human and actors being, are props either. Exactly. <laughs> so with a human being, you get to like you get to kind of play off of them. And I was I've always been the kind that likes to collaborate. Right. You know, let's you get the actor who'll say, well, you know, why don't we try it like this? I'm, okay, well that makes sense. Let's try it. Let's try it your way. Let's try it my way. Let's right. see what comes out of it. Right. Sometimes I'm fully aware that they may have a better idea and it might come off better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'll take credit for it. Sure. Right. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yes. No, that's yeah. that was that was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did great. It's, um, it's true. So Upstart was great for that because it put me with a room of other directors mm-hmm. where we got to watch how they did things. You can watch other directors ways. work, yeah. Good and bad experience, not a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with actors. Right. 
actors that have never perhaps interacted with with a director thinking film theater people maybe that came out of that mm-hmm. sure. mm-hmm. you yeah. know not people who who just who wanted to practice that stuff right so for me upstart was mm. very beneficial yeah that's a that. great point yeah and, and, and other than that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And you're right. It, like, and and the 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 really great thing about that is you get to practice in a safe space uh, regularly, mm-hmm. right? There's if you make a mistake, it's no big deal. And you get um, to watch three other. And directors. you get to watch other directors. Yeah. yeah. But it's thing. not a real set either, right? Like you don't have the lights to deal with. You don't have the boom operator trying to figure out. Okay, if you're blocking like that, how am I going to get in there? Right. Um, blocking's blocking, though, right? If, for sure. You, you practice that blocking. Practice like you know. And and I mean. When I, when I was watching the scenes, I was like, where would I put down? The, and we had the camera, right? So mm-hmm. stand beside the camera, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, we're working with natural lights. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, this was this was about the uh, less technical, right? And more about the 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 craft of working with actors. And like you say, the language, yeah, the, the, just the ability to learn how to communicate what's in your head, but also yeah, just the, some of that some of that uh, jargon um, that you mm-hmm. need to know. Yeah, and and it's the kind of stuff that if you're working with experienced people, once they start hearing that language, it will snap to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you work with an experienced crew, the second you say, okay, you know, we're, uh, we're going again, you know, that means reset, reset everything back to one, right? Back to ones. Everybody goes on their first marks. Hey, yep. what's the first mark? Oh, this is it. You know, if you are well-versed in that language, people who have that experience will, will, will like instinctively snap back into, yep. in, into, into those roles. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to know that language because totally. especially in a command situation, like an AD, like a director, right. you need to have that. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, what, what was the next step? You, you, you'd been on some big sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you went into the indie world, you're ADing. I, I know we, we we're going to get into the social media stuff. When did, mm-hmm. when did that happen? When, when did that crossroads occur? So, um, I actually, I, I got out of the film industry because I had a, I had a kid. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to be there for my boy. Of course. Uh, so I got out of the long schedules. Gotcha. Right. The big film shoots, the right. DGC stuff, which mm-hmm. was... 14-hour um, days. 14-hour days and like 20, 30, you know, uh, day shoots. Right, right. I wasn't seeing my family enough. Right. And I wanted to be there more for my family. Of course. So I started doing more of the indie stuff because of the smaller schedules, because mm-hmm. of the of the different hours, because they weren't as long. It's like, yeah, I can disappear for like four days. Sure. You know, and be gone for like 20 hours. And then, but after that, I'm done. Right. And right. after a day of, you know, sitting in a bath with Epsom salts, my body heals. And right. I can, you right. know, I can, I can be a human being again right. and right. reconnect with my friends. So I did commercial work as well because commercials, same thing, the pace a little bit higher mm-hmm. the rates were higher sure um a lot of the same skills transferred right over for locations for you know pa and again sometimes you're a pa sometimes you're like you're directing extras right because commercials are a lot more fluid that way right sure. of course um but ultimately i wanted to stick with smaller stuff and indie fell into that as well um and then my own things you know i, uh, got, yes, a, yeah. I got a camera and i started you know putting myself out there as a person who can do corporate video who can do like in the, like I did a couple of music videos, you know, very, very small stuff, like very little budget. Right. They basically just paid for my time to show up with a camera and to edit. Right. Whatever lights we had is very, very small. And I've been able to do that for a while now. And, um, and I, I still get to be creative. I still get to do what I love to do. And even if you're doing corporate mm-hmm. and you're, it's a talking head. Yep. You can only listen to a talking cat for so long. So you have to tell them, well, you know, maybe you want to do something a little more interesting. So right. let's do some B-roll. And then mm-hmm. the B-roll, I get a chance to be creative. Totally. So I still get to fulfill that need to create. Right. 
Hey everybody, just want to take a quick second out of the chat with Sebastian to tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Uh, it is a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced, so you can execute your next project with ease. Uh, at the Film Center, they have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, plus another 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, uh, and it's all complemented by the anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. But on top of the space, uh, the Film Center's aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects. So they've got their purpose-built venue, and they're designed to service individual client needs. They are very flexible uh, and very amenable, and they're awesome people. Uh, They also deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry, one of which is the Project Lab, which will be financing two uh, micro-budget feature films, and the deadline for that is coming right up. You can find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. And... I love, yeah. I, I mean, we, we we probably told, I've told the story many times, but you know, when we were at Sate, uh, I had no intention of ever doing corporate video, and 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 that was silly of me because uh, it's a great way to pay the bills, and it's uh, and it is an opportunity to be creative way more than than you might think, and and not like you're, you're trying to convince a client to let you do something crazy or, or really cinematic or something, but but there's moments uh, of creativity, like you say, in in every in every shot and every, mm-hmm. yeah, and they so. want to be creative too. Like Absolutely, they're making a video, yeah, yeah. they're making a movie, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. it is a naturally creative medium. Yeah. So, yeah, there's never been a shot that bored me. Right. I can't imagine. I can't think of one. And if it did, then you're probably doing it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if you if you're the creative type um, and the person is already overwhelmed by the entire production part of it, they're like, I need to make a video. I have no idea how I'm going to hire you. Yeah. And then you give them an idea that makes them look good. Again, they're gonna take credit for it. It's true. It's a, no, that's a great oh, point. No, it's a wonderful video that we made. Absolutely, great. yeah, I yeah. Made you look as you know the best, your best foot forward. You know, the best version of yourself on that film. It's a really good point, and and it's it's an interesting angle mm. to go to clients with because they're likely you know a cog in a much larger machine, and mm. and if you can do something really effective, you make them look great, and they want to come back and, and do another video with you yeah. after that. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's your life now is you're kind of doing indies here. You got your, your, your son or daughter, son, son, and, and obviously being a dad and making movies and doing your own thing and social media. And what's the connection with IATSE? So I've been doing, um, social media for IATSE for the past couple of years, cool. um, behind the scenes, content production, uh, community management, yeah, posting on their behalf. And that's kind of where the social media part happened for me. Right. When I realized that I wasn't enough, wasn't making enough money from home, um, doing my corporate video shoots because I'm not a marketer, I'm not like a big time, I'm not a self promoter, I'm not a yeah. salesman. Yeah, I don't know how to sell myself. I know what I'm doing, but yeah. I don't know how to sell myself. We got to make a great video. It's not I'm not a sales guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how to make you look good. I kind of don't know how to make myself. Look for good. sure, I'm getting for better sure. at it though. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I started talking to people at IATSE. Right. And and they're like. You know, here's some ideas for social media. And every time there was a big forum for film when they're still trying to figure before the studio happened and they're talking about like the younger generation come up and, you know, and I've had to shut down my shop and move to Vancouver and, you know, I'm out of the film industry altogether. I don't know what's happening. There was always these forums where some of the industry heads were there mm-hmm. and you could talk to them. Right. Right. And every time like, you know what, you guys need to work on your social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because at the same time I started hanging out with people at the social media breakfast. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
And there, I don't know if we've ever I been think, to the same one, but we we we've been to it as well. Have we been to? The, have we seen you there? We we haven't gone to many, but we at the very we used to go to them earlier on. Yeah, no, I think you brought me to one way early. Wasn't on. that how we kind of started to connect with you? It might us? be. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, because we kept on seeing each other's faces. Yeah, in the yeah. Because yeah. like that's been going on for a long time. Media, like well, ten years. I remember. Yeah, jeez, I, I remember trying to convince my boss at seven twenty four to let me go. You know, take some time off in the morning, and he was he was cool with it. But I was like, I have to. I mean, it's part of the reason why we became our own bosses because I, you know, if I want to go to something like that, I want to go to it. I don't want permission. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember trying to bring social media back to the company. So, so, and you, and so, so what you're saying is you created your own job. You're created your own job with, with IATSE, right? Mm-hmm. You said, Hey, you need social media and I can do it for you. I can help you. Yeah. You know, and, and then I can, I can take what I learned in social media at the social media breakfasts. And apply it to different things. Cool. Apply it to film. Apply yeah. it to whatever. Like I've right. got, I work with realtors. You know, right. I, I've, I've, I've worked with some restaurants. Right. I work with people who have small businesses. You know, people who don't have a lot of money want to do more on social media because you have to exist on social media and right. everything's overwhelming and everything changes so quickly. Yeah. So if I can be here, you don't have to be on everything. You know, yeah. here's a couple things you can totally. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you shouldn't be on everything probably. For, no. yeah. Yeah. You just need to be where your audience is. Yeah, yeah. You know, before I go full on into like social media mode, yeah. um, <laughs> it's film needs to do that too. Right, right. Right. So I position myself as somebody who had their foot in film and had their foot in social media and cool. I kind of bridged them together. And that's how my work with IATSE started. So smart. And also, you also have to have people that believe in it, that buy into it. Right. And there's some companies who will look at social media and they're like, I don't get it. Right. You're wasting your time. Yeah. And there's some people who believe in it, who see the growth in it, who see the potential for for influence, for an audience to to uh, to take part in the conversation that other people aren't taking part in. Mm-hmm. And if they buy into it, you're golden. Right. So one of the best examples that I have is like way, way back in one of the first ones. They're at like social media breakfast in like 99. I know, yeah, yeah. They're about to hit 100, <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. I even did one years ago around the time of the Chilean earthquake. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about how people <laughs> use social media during the earthquake. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You spoke? I did, Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and I remember you, I, I went to one and you were running camera for them as well, or like, yeah. like recording it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be doing that again. I don't know. Yes. It, 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 it's fun to do. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's such a learning experience and you learn something new every day. You mm. come out of it and it's networking too. Right, of course, right. yeah. Um, so, from one of the earlier ones, uh, one of a, a local TV broadcaster, she wanted to go in and talk about social media and and uh, her bosses didn't believe in it. Right. Her boss, in the middle of a meeting, takes out his phone out of his pocket and does this, puts his phone up in the air and says, nobody's going to get their news from this. Oh, really? <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. So that was the... That is literally the only place I get my news and, and, that's right. and read it, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 but, you're, Podcasts, watching, but yeah. you're watching it on your phone. Yeah. Right? You're yeah, reading it course, on your phone. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. so to have to make that kind of a bold statement, <laughs> and I mean, people in positions of power make bold statements like of course, that all the time. Especially yeah. when they when they are entrenched in their own industry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you're in a news industry, mm-hmm. that's fucking scary. To, yeah, to for sure. For sure. Think that a phone, you know, is going to take it over. Yeah. So yeah. they don't want to believe it either. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so, anyways, they he didn't buy into it, but she recognized a, a way where she, where she could stand out, so she started doing right. it, and it. it it kind of raised her profile in Calgary as, right. as news, you know, yeah. and she was present at all the social events. So um, as much as it, it is like being on your phone and tweeting and Facebooking and all that stuff, there's a lot of personal interaction that needs to get done as well. Right. Every, every, every time somebody talks about it was a social media campaign, he was a social media candidate. It's mm-hmm. like they still did a lot of like 
face to face. Of course. It was all Absolutely. captured on social media. Absolutely. But there was a lot of, hey, I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. And that at the end is like person to person interaction, right. which is what really gets growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's interesting to, especially with, with political campaigns there, I, th- I think, I think you want, you want, and this is the same with content. Um, you want to give the impression that if you want to spend a full day digging into this content, you're going to be able to fill that time. You don't ever want to feel like you're going to hit a, a bottom, an end to the content. And of course you can. And, and, but I, I think that was Netflix's success is, is they immediately hit that point where it's like, well, there's too much on here. I can't even, and that's, that's not a bad thing. Um, it is a bad thing when you're trying to decide, I suppose, but, but you, I think you want with social media, you want it to feel like I could, I could immerse myself in this for a long time if, if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, anyway, that that's just a, an idea that popped up. No, it, it, I totally derailed. No, this it's whole. like you can you can <laughs> you can follow a thread as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, how, how many of us have fallen into like a Wikipedia like hole? Yeah, where like you start reading yeah, about yeah, one yeah. thing and, and all of a sudden you like, link to something else. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's three in the morning, and I'm reading about the red tailed falcon. You just get lost <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. So uh, I know you. I know you brought some notes, and I, I think this is uh, a good opportunity for. Uh, people to get some utility because you know there's still people who I don't think understand social media and and we were just we just had an hour and a half long conversation with some people all just purely about the marketing world for film so do you have some some tips that the audience can can uh, dig into well I think I want to start from from a very basic and like general social media standpoint I think that you need to be on social media but you also need to know where your audience is right so if you find that you're you start posting on everything. Like you got your Twitter, you got your Facebook, you got your Instagram. Right. Three very different mediums. Mm-hmm. Text-based, very visual on Instagram, very text-based on Facebook and Twitter. Right. Um, and just know that where your audience is, what kind of content you need to put out. Sometimes you can spread across all three, but like you have to have a really, really good picture for Instagram. Right. You have to have really, really like eye-catching video. You've only got two seconds to catch the person's uh, attention. Right. Like 80% of it's being watched on mobile now without wow. sound. Wow. You want subtitles. Right. You want the big bang right at the beginning of the video. And then you have to kind of like put more stuff into it. But like you can't do the big buildup like you do in traditional filmmaking. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And then expect for the big payout because two seconds in, people don't care. Like Moving nothing's on. happened yeah. yet. Yeah. So you got to start with the big bam. Right. And then... And then you have to have another bam and a bam (laughs) to keep keep, several bams. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what attention dictates. And even if you look at the way movies are made now, it always starts off with a big bam, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the big explosion fight with the tentacle monster thing, right? Right. That was the big fight scene, and then another one, then another fight scene. Whereas if you look at, like, say, the old original Superman with Christopher Reeves, yeah, it's a little slow now. (laughs) Yeah, everything feels like the pacing is just not like right. It's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that that's what the audience w- was used to at the time. So yeah, films yeah. were that way, but now it's like fast and furious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. Seven <laughs> of them. Eight now. Eight? Phase of eight? the Furious was the eight. last one. Eight fast, eight furious. Go. And it was not as good as seven. <laughs> like five, six, and seven were incredible movies where they embraced... Anyway, let's move on. Uh, with the we rock, a, basically, where the rock was in the right, right you know, when the rock arrived. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Mister Mister the Rock Johnson. Tokyo Tokyo Drift was the best though. So Get I out. haven't seen any of them. No. I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Well, you, you can just start at four. 
and, yeah. and just start no, watching. No, you can't, because then you miss Tokyo Drift. That's okay. You can skip Tokyo Drift. And one and two. No. Four is where they realized that they were an action franchise, not a like like high action shit, not just like car racing. Mm. And that's when all the car enthusiasts stopped watching those movies and when mainstream audiences started. So, yeah. Four is where you can start. Yeah. Utility. Utility information right. on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so let's go back to... Uh, more social media stuff. So, so know your platform. Know your platform. Know your audience. Tailor to that audience. Know that you don't have to be on everything. So right. if you find that all of a sudden you're having more interaction and more communication on Twitter, do more Twitter stuff. Right, right. You know, if that's what's working for you, yeah, yeah, your story or your brand, yeah. Yeah, focus okay. maybe less on Facebook, you know, especially with all the stuff that's happening with Facebook now. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, like six months from now, they could haul Zuckerberg into the, into Congress and find him and they'd, they'd split up Facebook and they'd shut it down and nobody would be on it. It's a good point. It could, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. Don't be like, I'm a Facebook marketer. Right. I'm mm-hmm. a Facebook film person because, right. uh, remember everybody at one point was all on MySpace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now nobody's on MySpace. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you have to stay fluid. You have to know that there's some stuff coming up, that there's things that trend, like kind of Snapchat kind of came out of, out of, out of nowhere. And, how do you and if if your audience is there, put more stuff into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Snapchat's really young though, so like sure, yeah, uh, like high school kids and like early twenties. And what do you think of Snapchat? Is Snapchat gonna stick around? I know Gary's Gary's doubling down. We talk about Gary V a lot. Yeah, he like I, I see it in in a way where they have some innovative stuff, but then Facebook through Instagram kind of copies it and makes it better, and Instagram has a bigger audience. Yeah. Which is which has been Facebook's uh, move. Every same with Twitter, right? Yeah. Twitter was having success with news because Facebook right, wasn't news doing feed, news, yeah. and then yeah. and now and so so that seems to be what Facebook does is they just steal whatever's working and and try to do it better. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got the install base, right? The, yeah. the oh, yeah. adoption yeah. is just so yeah. much higher. Yeah. 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 So, they, but they have stories on on Facebook and on Instagram. Right. Yeah. But Facebook, Facebook has like Instagram. Facebook has those Snapchat, you know, AR filters. Filters. Where you can yeah. Put a yeah. Yeah. Funny face on and. I don't know if I don't know if it's sticking around. I'm usually not a naysayer. I'm like Snapchat's a great platform, but I I don't know. I think because of the erosion that Facebook has and Instagram have caused, I don't know. If, what do you think? Is Snapchat it's, sticking around for now? Yeah, I don't know what how long term this thing goes. Yeah, I think just because of the, the 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 demographics, like I think that it's still really young. It's still very much peer-to-peer mm-hmm, groups. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah, it is tougher to reach a broader audience. Yeah. Like, how do you put content on that that makes people, like, as as a, as a, as a like an indie mm-hmm. content producer, right? stuff that people are going to want to reshare? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Because like, I mean, if you're the New York Times, you can get on there and people will share your stories. Right. BuzzFeed, same thing. Sure. But if I'm me, where's my, how do I tap into my audience? Yeah. It's yeah. mostly just for, like, young people and chatting and groups and back and forth and mm-hmm. short bursts of video. Right. You know, you're, you're tailoring your stories, but the audience for it isn't like huge. Yeah. I, I, I don't focus on much on Snapchat as some of the other things because I see the potential for content curation, for community management from a social media perspective. I see where you can get growth there. Right. If you dedicate less on Snapchat and you want to reach like that 25 to 35 audience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on Instagram. The brands are on Instagram. Yeah. You can find your influencers on Instagram. So that's kind of what I, what I, whenever I talk to a client, do I need to be on everything? No. Right. Focus on these three measure. Right. You know, I've seen to be getting a lot more audience on this. Right. Um, yeah. And then from, sorry. I was going to ask about Vero. What do you think of Vero? Have you, have, have you? I've, I've secured my username because I think it's important from, yeah, yeah. from a branding perspective to secure your username. Sure. 
Um, but for every, this is going to be, you know, the anti-Facebook because it doesn't have a chronological timeline and it's not advertised and all this stuff. You hear articles about where it's, um, who's funding it. Yeah. And some of the controversial things they've done in the past. Oh, okay. And let's be really like the big thing on privacy and your own information nowadays. Right. So if you go and give all this information that should be private to a firm, and then the firm turns out to be have, you know, um, maybe questionable <laughs> origins or questionable backing or friends with Cambridge Analytica. Exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden your information is already out there. Right. Yeah. You know, and you have no control of it. To be honest, my my surprise at this at this whole Facebook thing was was th- that people are shocked that it's that's, happening. That's exactly my same position. My yeah. assumption was. Yeah. yeah, my data is already out yeah, there. Like, haven't I you, just don't give Facebook anything I don't want it to have. Right? I think like, the reality is this is the first time that it's actually f- people have felt like it's been exported. Right, 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 right. So they're like, wait a minute, yeah. I'm giving all my data. It's like, yeah, yeah like we, like, you've been warned about this. Yeah, I forever. mean, <laughs> I mean, the the NSA thing it was was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. the one thing I like to say about Facebook every time I get one of those, you know, uh, Facebook's gonna start charging people for you know for this, so you have to. Share this post and then your oh, yeah, profile yeah. will oh, go yeah. gold. And yeah. I haven't seen those around for a while. Yeah. I'm sure they're coming out again. Yeah. Uh, we have to realize that we are, uh, but that uh, we are the product. That's oh exactly yeah. Right. On all social yep. media, that they're never going to charge for. us. Yeah, yeah. Like they're never going to charge the cow. Yeah. To make a steak. Right. Right. The cow is just going to turn into the steak. Right. We are the product. We are the meat that goes into the sausage. Yeah. They want every. They want everyone on Facebook. They want mm-hmm. every single individual. They want because then they they have all the data that that you could ever possibly measure. Right. Yeah. So if they're using that for revenue, they're not going to charge us. Now, if Vero wants to do a subscription based service. Oh, do they? I heard something about okay. that. Great. But let's. That might be a good thing, yeah, yeah. When it comes to data protection, right? If we're paying for a for a social media service, then then we're the customer, not the product anymore. So yeah, that mm-hmm. changes the paradigm. And let's figure out where these guys are coming from, and if yeah. it's something. And then there was one a while ago that that popped up. It was was also going to be the anti Facebook. Yeah. No advertising, no backing, no revenue. Yeah, stream I remember either. this popping and it's up. Kind yeah. of cue cue something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it faded yeah. away. Yeah. Well, no shit. No revenue stream. Yeah. No advertising. Yeah. No yeah. no charge to use. Like. How do you, do you run yeah. a server? Well, how do you grow? Twitter you, is having that problem, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, but they're the goal is always either to charge for use or to advertise. Right. Yeah. There's no other revenue model. That- except for except for um like branded content in like right. like like Vine could have done that and was doing it to some degree where they've got their star viners. Let's let's do great content, but let's have it be you know promoted by whatever it is. Sour Patch Kids was was one of the delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so what else? What else is on your list? What, what should people know? I think from 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 let's talk about like a film perspective now. So if sure. I'm a young filmmaker, if I have my own small production company, what do you do? Right. Again, forget what your audience is. Have your 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 production company. Have your website. Yeah. And then off your website, you have all your social media channels so that whenever you're posting any kind of project, you're doing behind the scenes stuff, you're doing little short videos, you're doing teasers to your bigger projects, all the stuff is on your website, on your social media channels. And what I like to do for social media clients is I draw like an octopus kind of thing. Right. Or like a, so the main one is your, your website. Right. Your website goes to your Twitter page. It goes to your Facebook page. It goes to your Instagram page. Right. It goes to your LinkedIn, whatever. Um, in this, in that same vein, the links that are on your Facebook, your Twitter, and your Instagram all go back down to your page. Right. So it creates that, the Google links. It creates right. that SEO. It creates the well. If I found you on Facebook, 
and I want to follow you, I can hit you up on, on this as well. Right, right. So, and it, that, that is a space that you control. So when Facebook crashes and burns, you've still got your website that is also connected to Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Exactly. Instagram, but. And, and I mean, as, as, a, as a small filmmaker, like, is it worth it investing all that time on, like, a single-use website for, say, your short film? Probably not. No? No. Um, you could do maybe like a microsite. Right. Actually, the, the Canadian Media Fund, the CMP, did a bunch of case studies on research for different films. Okay. Uh, horror films based out of Quebec. And they talked about like through social media, figuring out where your demographics are. And it turns out like women 35 to 45 were really into this one particular type movie. Okay. And they had a mini site for it that led people into newsletters and you're amassing emails and you're right. able to send out stuff when your trailer comes out, when it's going to gets picked up for distribution, gets picked up for, uh, for home video sales. Right. So they were able to take that audience all the way through. So, but depends on, that depends on the size of your production company. Right. But if you're just small, I would really just focus on becoming your own brand. Not unlike, say Kevin, I mean, Kevin Smith is very big on social media, but his brand is him. Yeah. People go to watch his movies because it's him. Not because they like, you know, like Catholic movies with poop monsters. <laughs> you know? Dogma reference. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a chance to watch it a while back, you know, and it's like, has it aged well? There's something like, you know, and I'm Catholic too. So it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, does my cup need to be refilled? Right, right. Uh, but uh, um, we, we, we flocked to Kevin Smith because of Kevin Smith, the persona. Right. So like, for example, I think what you guys are doing is great because we can the chance to see your personas out there. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, I've seen you uh, do your, 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 your talks at the Calgary Expo. Mm -hmm. um, you talk to students, you yep. do this, you're putting your own stuff out there. Sure. And I think for a small, like for, for an indie production company, you need to do more of that. Right. Get your faces out there. You know, it's like, I like who they are. I've seen them at events. I like the content they're putting out. Yep. They're, they're short videos. They're behind the scenes stuff, what they have to say. And I want to see more and right. I'll support that. Like that you build your audience like one person at a time. Right. That's what I would recommend for, for like cool. people starting out. That's great. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, the IATSE Instagram, that, at least that's where I've seen it. Maybe it's on some other platforms as well, but uh, IATSE seems to have started to do some video like visiting sets. Is that you behind the camera on, the, on those? Yeah. Cool. Cool. So there's a Circle of Steel video. Yeah, and I saw great example from Circle of Steel. I mean, first of all, um, they uh, part of the independent agreement that IASI has with short films. They yep. were able to negotiate some of the uh, the, the language in, in the contracts to give, you know, IASI or like union type work conditions for the crew. Right, you're not overworking them. You know, yeah, the pay is, is, is something that's that gets discussed in between. But the conditions, like you're gonna run this like a union set, so people are gonna work under union hours and expect that and work credits towards your permittee status. And all right, that. right. So that's what put IATSE in touch with Circle of Steel. Gotcha. And what I liked about Circle of Steel, uh, first of all, the, the production team was really positive. They created a really great positive work environment. People were happy. It was like day 20 and people were still happy. And yeah. I've been on, on, on sets <laughs> where like day 10, you're like, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I want you to die. Let me get out of here. Yeah. And I look at the director like, oh, you're dead to me. <laughs> And I mean, like I've heard productions that get T-shirts made. Yeah, yeah. Not even like of the of the of the film like against the production. Oh, against the production. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit, that's no good. Yeah, so you know they've turned on you. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. 
So, but there was a really positive work environment. Right. That's great. And they promoted a lot of their stuff through social media. Yep. So any kind of behind the scenes pictures were tagged with everybody's Instagram. Right. So Smart. when I had to help promote this kind of stuff, it was like, okay, well, I want to reach out to everybody in the production. Oh, look, there's a list. Right. So if you got, if your grip, if your camera op, if your caterer is on Instagram, yeah. get all those tags. Totally. You put a picture on set, they're on the work on the production, put them in the tags. For sure. You know, that's, that's the best way to do it. That's super smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, their filmmakers crew tag us on, on posts, uh, and, and like the, the podcast mm-hmm. and we always retweet it if, if, if you've been, if you've tagged us yeah. because it's easy to just say, yeah, now we're sharing, now we're in- increasing the volume of that, of that post. So it's a really good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And it's being part of the community, right? Yeah, for sure. For a sure. community that needs to grow a community that's not well-versed in social media as much as it could be. Totally. To, yeah. I always think that what they're doing in the States are years ahead of what we're doing. Mm. And like they were doing promotions for food trucks like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and true. Like, and when they show up here, it's like, Oh my God, we got food trucks now. Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's the Calgary way, man. We get, we we're, get everything 10 years later. We're yeah. a little behind. Yeah, and yeah. We're now, we're a little behind on social media still. It's yeah. growing. And, sure. and again, the film industry, which is reluctant to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't as well versed in social media, so it's like the younger people, the, right. the you know the people who are coming out of state, um, are the ones that are kind of embracing this thing. And yeah, like help them out, help that community grow. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Anything else you want to chat about? What's well, the? Yeah, I mean, what's next for you? What's what's yeah. coming up? Well, I'm going to continue doing this kind of stuff. I'm doing. Um, I'll always be doing my social media content production and community management. Always looking for uh, the next challenge for that, the right. next client, you know, right. the next big project to do with that. Sure. At the same time, I'm using some of the stuff that I've learned uh, in film production to go work with some kids in schools. Cool. I have a friend who's a teacher in the Spanish immersion school. Oh, sweet. Oh, cool. So one thing I haven't mentioned this entire time is I can do this whole thing in Spanish. Ah, yes. Right? <laughs> you know, so, um, so I get a chance to work with some kids who are in Spanish immersion school who are fluent in Spanish, and we get to do this entire like mini documentary course in Spanish. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is awesome. That's great. You know, and different perspectives. And um, like I want to – there's just two things I want to I wanna leave. First of all, like sure. um, when I was in school, I always wanted to – I never had anybody walk into my school and tell me how to get into film. Right. Right. I started getting into film because I played with my dad's camera when I was like nine, 10 years old. Right. Uh, well, and editing on his two VCRs, like Robert Rodriguez did. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing it. I can do it. There you go. Uh, but I never had anybody come into my school and to teach me or to show me where the next step is. Right. It felt like filmmaking was this thing that existed outside of my universe. Right. Whereas in Calgary now there is a path to work in that stuff. So when I go to these schools and I talk to like high school kids who are about to go to university, hey, where can I go? I'm like, well, you can start off at SAIT. Right. I'll tell you where I went. I went to Toronto. Right. You right. can go to Vancouver. Yeah. You can you can you can study here at SAIT. Sure. And I keep talking about SAIT. And I'm, there's there's other avenues here in Calgary as well. Sure. And, so, and all yeah. over the world, yeah. Yeah. But because I worked on Calgary sets, I saw the people that came out of SAIT. Right. And I have nothing but good things to say about them. Cool. They're professional. They're well trained. And and they they've always added to the professionalism on set, so it's like say there's an avenue in which you can do that. Right. You have to snake in and out of the big shows and the little shows, and you know pay your dues and you know get to that charge. But eventually, you can build your way up. Right. Say there's a way to do it. And the other thing is from from my filmmaker's perspective is that uh, like I said, I'm 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 from Chile. I came here when I was nine years old. Wow. 
you know, and I still speak Spanish with my family. And I think it's important that no matter where you're from, that you have a responsibility to tell that story. Right. Um, all of our stories are unique. My story, how I got here and the stories that I've heard, you guys have never heard. Of course. Yeah. I can talk about a mythology. I can talk about a history. I can right. talk about all this, these different things that to you were new. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I think as a filmmaker, I have a responsibility to tell that story. And you have the unique perspective on it as, as an individual in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The immigrant story, the, 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 the Latino story, the, um, you know, any one of those things that, that, that you never know how you're going to, um, connect with somebody in the audience. Right. Like right. I connected big time with big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. I'm not Greek. Right. right. But there's, but it's a universal story in many ways. Yeah. There's things that, that anybody can identify with, yeah, sure. with family, yeah. with maybe a parent a little overbearing, you right. know, <laughs> with, with the pressures of, 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 of having to get married and all these things. Like, wow, no, it really struck me. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it hit home. Like, no, we have like the Greeks and the Latinos are not that different. Right. You know? And then like three weeks later, I went to a wedding, a friend of mine who was chilling, married a Greek guy. There you go. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay. No, we're having lamb at midnight. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, is that Uzo? Let's do it. Nice. Nice. So I was ready for that. And it was just such a, like, you know, the more we learn about other cultures, the, the more we're, we're, we're going to be more open to it. Totally. Yeah. And the more, um, the, the, the closer the world becomes, yeah. the, the less, well, the more is. you recognize you're the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so many things in this world right now telling us how we're different and how we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're in different segments and you belong on this side and you belong on this side. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not that far apart. Totally. There's a lot of grays. For sure. And we, we need to, and, and, and as a storyteller, we need to find those grays and, 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 and tell those stories. Um, and also if, if, if we have that microphone, if we have that camera and somebody can't get their story out there. I think it's also important to put that mic in that person's face and say, I want to hear your story. I want to, I want to, um, amplify your voice and your right. story. Yeah. So if you're speaking on behalf, like say at the women's March, you stick that camera in their face and get their story and get right, that story right. out there. Even if it's just a, a cell phone, like a live video, Yeah. you know, anything that you can help to propagate that voice, you know, the voice of, 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 uh, of first nations, which also doesn't have a big, Platform, audience yeah. here and, right, and, right. and it's always like oh, i don't want to hear about this it's right. like no um it's it's important to hear that story you know and, totally yeah and i feel that we should amplify it it's we uh, learning how to use a microphone learning how to use a camera is a responsibility for sure for sure and i tell the kids that that's great you yeah. know like well, i don't know what to talk about so it's like well find what your story is hey that teacher over there they come from a different place they went they came from a central american country where there was political turmoil and he's very mild mannered now but he had to escape like you know, right. of, of an oppressive government. Right. Yeah. 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 Tell me that's not a story that's, that's relevant now. Totally. Yeah. Incredible story. Yeah. So you being like, like a grade eight, grade nine kid, stick that camera in his face, get that story. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. That's that you're, you, and I think those kids are going to live in a world where that is just ubiquitous, right? Every, everyone is going to be, and it's already happening with social media and with live video and uh, everyone is telling a story and has a microphone and a camera and an editing suite in their pocket. And so, yeah, well, I think that's a great message to end on. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was great. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. All righty. Well, thank you, Sebastian. That was a great yeah. chat. Really cool. 
Um, yeah, he's he's an inspiring guy. I really like him. Yeah, I, and I'm glad you. I, I'm glad you asked about that uh, Pokemon watch uh, right. thing on it. I can't believe I just said Pokemon. I remember po- making fun of my mom for saying Pokemon. <laughs> I feel like Pokemon. If I was a dad and I had a kid, I would say Pokemans <laughs> yeah. on purpose. Oh, of course, just yeah. a troll. So, to yeah, be a dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, so yeah, great chat. Check uh, check out more of Sebastian's uh, content and, and uh, presence online if you get a chance. And now we'll jump into the news you can use, sponsored by Bleeding Art Industries. And every week, Bleeding Art provides us a tip. And this tip is about the path to becoming a pyrotechnician. Most filmmakers at some point in their careers need to blow something up on screen. I need to. I know, yeah. (laughs) It could be as small as a spark or a flash or as big as a major explosion. Either effect or anything in between requires that a government-certified pyrotechnician be in charge on set. Certification begins with... Uh, taking a one-day federally approved course before applying for a fireworks operator certificate and finishes when you complete a four-year apprenticeship. Oh, wow. There are no shortcuts on this path as pyrotechnics aren't for semi-trained hobbyists or people who want to wing it. Only professionally certified technicians can make the big bang happen legally and safely for all. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know how how uh, regulated it was. It makes yeah. complete sense, of course, safety first. Um, Absolutely. But that's a cool tip. Totally. And now we know. Thanks, Bleeding Art. Uh, okay, let's get into uh, some upcoming deadlines. Uh, the short film face-off, CBC's um, program, has uh, opened the call for submissions. They're seeking short films from across Canada to take part in the 11th season. Uh, selected films will screen, benefiting from the commentary and feedback of the show's panel of industry professionals. Uh, and the panel will choose three finalists with the audience uh, selecting the top film. Submissions close on March 30th, which is uh, like tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday uh, and you can check out more at CBC news or cbc.ca and maybe just Google short film face off. Cause the link is pretty long. Totally. Uh, we've talked about the, uh, the Calgary film center project lab. If you don't know about this, um, we, you know, we were recipients of this, uh, funding for development for our feature film and, uh, the application is open again, again, also very coming up very soon, uh, March 30th at 1600 hours. Uh, so, uh, be sure to uh, get your application in. They're looking to sponsor two, uh, sponsor and resource two feature film projects in 2018. And remember they are a film studio. So if your project needs a film studio, that could be a great pairing. So, uh, check out that, uh, application. Uh, it's on calgaryfilmcenter.com. And the deadline to apply for the Talent to Watch program through FAVA has passed, but uh, the CSAFs is still open until March 31st, so just a couple days left. Uh, of course, this is the Telefilms uh, micro-budget production program, now called Talent to Watch, and is your chance to get uh, $127,500 to make uh, a feature film um, for those who have not made one before. So if you missed it this year, um, keep an eye on it because it comes around every year and uh, this year there are you know more opportunities than ever to get your first feature made so pay attention to the program uh, and start getting your application ready for next year Fava Fest is now a five day event that happens annually in Edmonton uh, by, uh, put on by the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta Fava uh, and it's all about promoting uh, and, and uh, awarding uh, filmmakers uh, in Edmonton and Northern Alberta um, there's a partnership with Dead Fest to bring a screening of uh, cult favorite Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. Um, there's lots of really cool things happening, Q&As, and of course it all wraps up with the Fava Gala Award Night uh, where they reveal the recipients of the Awards of Excellence and Production uh, Awards. So uh, lots of networking opportunities, lots of really cool stuff happening uh, during Fava Fest in Edmonton. It is happening, I don't think I've said, from April 17th to 21st, uh, and you can check out fava.ca for more information. 
Uh, there are a couple of workshops. There's actually a lot happening kind of right now as we're speaking, as you're listening to this. But uh, something coming up is called Funding Basics. Sorry, Funding Basics for Indie Filmmakers is put on by Prima in Grand Prairie. Uh, that's happening April 6th. Uh, at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's $30. Uh, and their pitch is, you've got a great idea, but how do you access the cash to tell your story? Funding Basics for Indie Filmmakers will introduce the participants to a range of public and private funding opportunities from across Canada. This is being taught by Ava Carvonen, uh, who's the VP of Film for IATSE 210. Um, so that's just a great person to know uh, if you're in Grand Prairie anyway. Uh, and you can find out more at prima.org, which is P-R-I-M-A-A.org. Uh, and just follow the tree through their events uh, to find out this workshop. Uh, if uh, if we're getting this out in time, you might be able to catch the Telephone Talent to Watch webinar, uh, which is a really cool um, webinar happening uh, over at StoryPreneursUnite.com. Um, it's, uh, there's a small cost associated with it, uh, 26, 25, uh, and there's a limit to the spots. I, I believe there are still a couple of spots left. Um, it's a two hour webinar, uh, happening, uh, Thursday morning, March 29th. So, uh, if you're planning to apply to the telephone talent to watch program, you've got to, uh, do this if you haven't missed it already. Um, and so, yeah, you can check out storypreneursunite.com, uh, for more information on that. There's actually two more, um, workshops being put on by Prima, uh, in Grand Prairie. So, uh, there's one uh, set etiquette and protocol workshop, which is kind of the basics of, uh, what it is like to be on set. Uh, and it is a requirement to get on any sort of union set. Uh, and so, um, partnership with Prima and IATSE local to 10, that is happening on April 7th in Grand Prairie, uh, from 10 AM to noon. And that is $40. They're also putting on uh, the Elements of Story workshop, which is also happening on April 7th, kind of right after the um, the set etiquette and protocol. That's $30, and it's happening from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on April 7th. Uh, and that one is, uh, got a great idea for next project. How do you turn an idea into a story? Uh, Ava, as well, is teaching that one and the uh, set etiquette and protocol. So you can kind of just hang out with Ava for <laughs> kind of a day and a half um, and get a ton of great uh, information about the film industry. Again, org to find out more about those workshops. Did you already talk about the element of story workshop? Is that? Oh yeah, that's Ava as yeah, well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So those are three total. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay. So we've also got the financial wellness and tax preparation presentation being put on by the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, AMAS. Uh, and it is happening April 9th at 6.30 p.m. at Quick Draw Animation Society. Uh Unraveling the mysteries of of financial record keeping and filing tax returns. So if you're an artist, uh, your taxes are probably a little bit different than somebody who works uh, nine to five, uh, Monday to Friday. Uh, So this is a workshop all about um, helping you as an artist uh, manage your taxes. Um, The instructor is Stella Penner, um, who is a partner at Calvista LLP uh, and works with nonprofit organizations and corporations. So she knows what she's talking about. You can check out amass.ca slash webinars for more information. AMAS is also putting on a uh, workshop called Creating a Culture of Consent, uh, and that is happening at the Calgary Sexual Health Center uh, on April 10th. It is free, uh, but you do have to register, and in the workshop, participants will increase their knowledge and identify how media and society perpetuate harmful messages about consent, relationships, and sexual violence. Uh, They will explore and discuss the bystander effect and some common barriers to intervention. Uh, participants will also get some practical tools that will help them prepare uh, to recognize when and how they can be active bystanders. Uh, so this is happening uh, again on April 10th at 6.30 p.m. at the Calgary Sexual Health Center. Uh, and you can find out more at AMAS, which is A-M-A-A-S dot C-A slash webinars. 
And uh, Winona Earp, uh, season three, 10 star season two shooting. And just last night, I saw that uh, the Christmas cupcakes wrapped. That's right. So congratulations to them. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Uh, wow, we blasted through this Just episode. Just ripping yeah, through this, awesome. uh, this. I think this is the shortest we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's because we got a lot going on and we got to go run around. So um, one more thing, uh, recommendations. I'm going to recommend the, uh, the new CSIF Slack. If you don't know what Slack is, it's a great messaging app um, for teams. And um, we use it at Full Swing Productions uh, for a smaller team, but uh, I also subscribe to, a, a, they, call, they call them workspaces, I believe, um, with you know more than a thousand people talking about movies. Um, and we've created one uh, with the CSIF called, uh, well, it's c-s-i-f.slack.com. Um, and you can check out csif.org to, to uh, sign up as well. Um, and it's just an opportunity. It's a place for filmmakers to share, rent gear, sell gear, buy gear, um, find other filmmakers to work with on your projects, do casting calls, uh, promote your work, promote yourself. Um, and of course, a great place for CSIF to get their message out as well. So um, if you're looking to connect with other filmmakers or, or you have something you're looking to sell or some, some reason to reach out to the community, this is the new place to do that. Used to be a, a Yahoo group uh, for CSIF and uh, looking to replace it with this. So check it out. My recommendation is, uh, is super lame, but I think it's important. And it's something that Sebastian talked about in, uh, in our interview just now, how he, he didn't even know where to start when he came back to Calgary. And so what he did was he Googled Calgary film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now look where he is now. Um, and so I, I challenge uh, our listeners, I challenge you if you're listening to think about a black hole in your knowledge uh, in the film industry that's that's holding you back. Um, maybe you don't know anything about distribution or you don't know you don't know even where to start on finding a distributor or you don't know anything about marketing or you don't know anything about uh, what kind of camera you might want. Uh, just Google it. Totally. Go Google it. Totally. You know, if it's something that's scary to you. <laughs> the information is out there. It's it true. really is. Yeah. It really is. And I think, uh, and, and I'm guilty of this too, uh, of assuming that I don't know something and it holds me back from yeah. Yeah. For even knowing where to start. Google.ca uh, and just throw in the term like <laughs> yeah. Sebastian with Calgary Film. That's all it takes Absolutely. is to start uh, start your, yourself down a path of knowledge that will empower you and make you a better filmmaker. Too true. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, uh, folks. Uh, and thanks to uh, Briar, Chad, Britt, and Seth. They all do incredible work that helps make this podcast possible. Yep. Uh, you know what? Go listen to the final uh, sponsor message from APA. Yes. And then once you're done with that, go, go make, make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.